the Speakers Bank Podcast. Our voices, our views. Hi, this is a new episode of um, our Speakers Bank Podcast and I'm here with Storm. Hello everybody. And Catherine. Hi guys. So guys, today we're talking about having a social life. Um, which is, I suppose, one of my only lives. We can cut that, that's alright, fine. So, um, guys, why do, uh, sorry, I should actually start with um, Storm, because he seems very outgoing. Um, what sort of social activities do you do, and what keeps you busy? Oh, well, it's funny you actually said that I'm outgoing, because I am outgoing, but I don't really have a, a really strong social life. Yep. Um, I, I supposedly say that my social life is when I go to the gym um, because you meet other people at the gym, you get to talk to other people. That's kind of my social life, but for me, I need to improve, I need to make more friends. I need to get out and about and, you know, explore what life is outside of the, of the cocoon. And what I mean by cocoon is, I mean my own safety net of my own house. Yeah, outside your bunker. Yes. <laughs> Um, because I find that um, while it's all good to have an outgoing personality, you can't use it if you don't go outside. So, so what about you, Catherine? What um, social activities do you do and what keeps you busy? My, um, my social life would be probably folk club and participating with the Newport Bush Orchestra. Yep. Sorry, could you say that again for me? The Newport Bush Orchestra. What's that about? It's a bush orchestra where we will go and play for bush dancers. Um, and yeah, so that gets me busy, as well as going to church and youth group. So I, I help with the youth group of planning and that as a youth leader. And we do a camp every year with Soul Survivor, which is like a youth festival, and we, yeah, which is a lot of fun. So that keeps me busy of planning as well. Um, I also, yeah, I'm surrounded by music basically. That's a, that's awesome. I suppose for me, it's um, I didn't have a lot of a lot of a, lot of a social life for many many years purely mm-hmm. because of um, the the way I was brought up and the the way my mum my mum was. So um, yeah, didn't have a lot of friends and. Kind of when I moved to the um, to the to Big Smoke to the city, I um, had to really learn how to I suppose have a social life again. And I realised that um, you know sitting at home every weekend, you know, watching the comedy channel just wasn't suffice. I want to ask the panel a question: How hard was it for everyone here to make friends? Like I remember my first moment of making my first friend. It was so hard mm. because. They, because they've got to look uh, you, uh, for the person that's actually you, rather than the disability. It took me ages and ages. Yeah. I find with me, it was very hard getting in a friendship group and going into the right friendship group. Like mm. I had a lot of good people that treated me good, except I just didn't fit in that mainstream area I was kind of like in the middle as being mild intellectually and um, 
but that was alright. I had a I had a lot of great teachers that kind of supported me through that and I had an integration aid all my life and she was great. She we did so much fun things together. At high school, it got a little bit better. I had a good friendship group that were mainstream as I was at a mainstream school yeah. and I did things but going to like birthday parties was a little bit disappointing as they wouldn't like they um you basically didn't get invited. Yes, and I would want to invite them but you know and that yeah. shows that the OEC don't understand or yeah. how to treat someone with special needs. Um, yeah. See, I found for me that it wasn't so much in primary school that, you know, I found, you know, I suppose, for want of a better word, where the barrier was. Yes. Because most kids, you know, kind of, to them, you're, you're actually really cool because you've got a wheelchair and everyone wants to exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the challenge is this, and I, find, and I find this now more than ever in my approaching my mid-twenties, that, you know, especially in high school, when all the the boys have, you know, girlfriends and whatever, and you're going through puberty and you you start to want a girlfriend, you start to like girls, that's where the barrier is. Even even for, for me now, my, my roommate likes to remind me about, apparently, about how hard I'm going to find it in finding someone who's, quote, not like me. So we're gonna take we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna discuss um, why we think people with disabilities need a social life. And we're back with Storm, myself and Catherine. So guys, I wanted to ask, um, why do you think people with disabilities need to have a social life? And again, I'm going to victimise Storm and start with him. Oh, I'm the victimiser today. <laughs> um, it's important because you want to be, um, you, you want, you want, you want to have good networks in the community. Yep. Uh, without the networks, if something goes wrong, and uh, say for example, your mum and dad are are out and stuff like that, you, you need to have some backup. So you need to create um, support networks to help you. Like I've got some really good neighbours around my neighbourhood that I've known for years, but that's only because I was out and about talking to them. So that's my social networking. Whenever you say that, I just I just had the thought of the neighbours theme song that just ran right through my head. Neighbours, <laughs> everybody needs good neighbours. Okay. Before, before I tear up my contract, um, I'm going to ask Catherine essentially the same question. Why do you think people um, with disabilities need to have a social life? Because I think people with disabilities are able to have a social life like the mainstream people. And am showing the people that we can have a life too. Yeah. Um, and just getting out there in the community and just enjoying social life and picking the right organize. I mean, organ. I mean, the right connections where you can just enjoy and not even focus on your disability. Yeah. 
So do you, th- do you guys think your lives have, imp- have improved through being able to have a social life? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, like, I've only got like one or two friends, but those one or two friends are extremely important to me. Uh, I don't believe in a whole group of friends. I believe you've got a couple. That's more than enough. Yeah. Because when an incident happens where you're in big trouble, that's when you know who your friends really are. Yeah, yes. I was just thinking that. So I suppose, I suppose for me, I, I come at it from, a, I suppose, more of not so much the school kid perspective, but now as an adult going, you know, well, everyone deserves a chance at a relationship, you know, everyone, you know, deserves mm. to, yeah. to, to be treated like, like as if they don't have a disability. Like, as I said to you guys before, mm. my roommate likes to remind me about how hard I'm going to find it, but the reality is... I just think if if anyone you know doesn't want to date me because of the way I look, then they then they then they're judging me, you oh. know, solely on the way I look yeah. rather than my actual abilities. Yes. And unfortunately, that's the society's problem that that, that we need to create that change. Mm-hmm. We need to say to them, just because I have a disability doesn't mean you can't judge me because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like before before I gave my roommate, like people would be astounded when I'd say, well. No, I live on my own because people immediately assume, oh, you must live with a carer. And it's like, because even like, for example, I took, just a quick example, I took the cat to the vet last year for vaccines and the, and the vet said to me, when I, when I had a relative um, come and help me carry the cat in um, to the vet, he said, oh, who takes care of your cat? And I said, well, it's just me. I have a guy that crashes on my couch, but... It's just me. And he was absolutely astounded that I solely take care of a small cat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the stereotyping. Again, they're stereotyping yeah. people with disabilities in certain... Um, and judging Yeah, and judging them in certain situations. Like, for you, instance, they, they think that you can't take care of a cat. So they think a carer needs to take care of the cat rather than you. But you're, yeah. you're more than capable of taking yeah, yeah. care of the cat. Exactly, or you probably get the people that, you know, think that you can't, you know, take care of your own finances or that you can't. Yeah, mm. and people with special needs need to be treated like how you would want to be treated. Mm. It, and, like, with, like, um, for instance, I was working at a cafe and the boss was treating you like you were a child. Mm. Yeah, and that a lot. And yeah. And I think it's that fine balance, but you know, before before we take a break, I'll say this. I think it's a fine balance between, you know, recognizing that yes, someone has a has a physical disability and helping them where they need it, but realizing that on the inside they're just as normal as any other person. Exactly, that's yeah. And right. treating them yeah. as if Very they don't true. have a disability. Yeah, yeah. But still giving them the help that they need. Yeah, exactly. And I find that hardly anyone can really strike that balance really well. And that's how it should be. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna on that note we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about barriers for people with a disability and having a social life. What are some of the barriers for people with a disability, and what are the challenges with um, when it comes to social life and leisure activities? Well, for me, I'm a big Geelong supporter and I like to go to football games, but I find getting the tickets and getting the available facilities to go there and the transport is a very, very hard thing for me to accomplish. So it's very, very frustrating because um, I know that I want to go to a certain game, but because of the accessibility from the, from the grounds, 
it's very, very difficult and getting the tickets and the pricing is very, very high as well. Yeah. Um, and also I find going to favourite places like the cinema and um, restaurants are very, very difficult. Yeah. And it's all well and good to give someone a companion car, but if they can't get in there in the first place... What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, I agree. Um, so what about you, Catherine? What, what do you think are, um, some of the barriers are for people with um, disability when it comes to social life and leisure activities? Um, that's a hard question. With me, I think crowds at night, like, I wouldn't go out unless I'm with an able-bodied person for my own safety. Yeah. Um, I would kind of, if I was going on my own, I would stick to the places I'm familiar with, probably just during the day. And, yeah, I think... Having a companion car makes a huge difference to get out more independently. Yeah. Um, Catherine, you, you were talking about how your your experiences with, with the interchange. Mm -hmm. just wanted to know some, some of the barriers that you see other people with disabilities face when you're on the care of the interchange program. So... So... What type of things do you find it hard when you look after a person with a disability on the day of the interchange program? So looking at what the support workers yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, because uh, you were telling me um, one time that um, you you found that interchange helped you create a social life. Uh, yeah. And how that experience was for you. Well, I stick to the groups with the more independent people. Yeah. Where the support workers will treat you not like a person. Yeah. Which is good, and I made uh, um, some friends mm -hmm. who are my level. That's great. And yeah, so being with Interchange has made a bit of a dif um, difference in my social life, like going out to like um, maybe move, uh, go to the movies fortnightly. Um, yeah, and I got to be with a, a best friend of mine that I was at Urello with for a while. So I mean, known with her. Um, so interchanges been pretty good to to me. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Um, I like the I like my support workers. That's great. You get to do things that I would probably wouldn't do normally. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I, I definitely think that um, there needs there needs to be more you know opportunities to socialize. Personally, I was, you know, telling Catherine off air that um, there's this. I have a favourite restaurant that I like to go to in um, Elizabeth Street. They have the best chicken, and um, I'm not going to name the company, but <laughs> but that's good. But the unfortunate thing is they have, you know, you guys have seen those those electronic ramps, the ones that take carry your scooter up the steps. Yep. So this restaurant's kind of got. You go into it and it's kind of got, a, got the door on a really odd angle and it's got this electronic ramp. Yes. The ramp is too thin to take my scooter. So because so the, the ramp is too thin, scooter's too wide. So it gets to the stage where I have to take my order downstairs um, and eat my chicken at home so I can't enjoy the ambience of the restaurant. So if I were ever on a date, I um, yeah wouldn't be able to take a girlfriend there. Well, I think some restaurants should do 
for that purpose is they should provide like a small wheelchair in the restaurant for the people that can't get there. Yeah, I mean, it's, they don't, but when people do restaurants and they do buildings and stuff, they don't think about disabilities. Disability is the last person to think of. Yeah. And see, the thing is, my understanding of law is, and this would be an interesting fact for anyone that's watching, is that, or this thing, depending on the medium, um, <laughs> but the, the thing is, yeah, I, I can see the aliens. Um, but my point is, is that apparently I've heard that legally, um, I'll just take the tinfoil hat off, um, that legally um, new, new facilities that have recently been built or even those that are now heritage listed have to legally, the business owner or whoever is legally obligated to provide disability access. Yes. And the unfortunate thing is there's a restaurant right across the road from me that still hasn't heard that message. Oh. Um, so switching, switching gears a bit, or for a bit, um, what supports um, do you guys believe um, are available or should be available for um, people with disabilities in, ter in, ter in terms of um, physical aids or, you know, accessibility? Well, for me, uh, it needs to be ramps around buses and, and things like that. There are still buses within our communities that have still got the stairs. And oh. unfortunately, when you go and to get the bus stops, and the bus stops aren't always there for you on a regular time basis. For example, if you wanted to catch the 1pm bus, and if you miss out because of the steps, you have to wait another two hours, and it goes on and on and on. Well, what, I don't know if you've been into the city storm, what about the trams that still aren't low for? Big problem, isn't it? Big problem. Big problem. So, so Catherine, what about you? What um, physical aids or um, accessibility options do you think are available or should be available um, at, you know, facilities? Ooh, I'm not sure. I've, well, me personally, the, I've, got to, I've been to a couple of restaurants with friends at night and they don't, they don't come and write what you want. I can say what I want verbally, like, oh, I would like this, this, this. So in this menu, you have to write the code of what's there in, in like a paper. Yeah. And I can't, I have trouble doing that. So yeah, my friends have to do it on my, I, I get it done for me, for my friends do it for me. And um, because it's just like, I'm just staring at it for five minutes and I was like, Forget it. <laughs> See, oh, you know, you know what I do. Whenever that comes up, and I'm, and I'm in a restaurant by myself, which is rare, what I'll often do is I'll, put, or even when I'm with friends, I'll lift the menu like this, and I'll point to, I'll say to the waiter, I want this one. If I can't pronounce the name, or I can't, yeah, I point sometimes. Sometimes I have trouble with words, yeah. and I just point. I just what I do is I'll sit next to my friends, and I say, I want this. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, I'm a breakfast radio host. By the time 9am rolls around, I, 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 I'm lucky to string a sentence together. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in terms of, to switch gears slightly, in terms of um, the availability of um, 
carer or a support person, what services do you guys believe or what, what services are out there or do you believe should be out there for people with a disability? Uh, for me, uh, personal care, mm. it needs to be out there. Um, yeah. Because keep, having good hygiene is very essential and you need to be able to do that and sometimes your carer isn't available, your, your primary carer isn't available to do it, so you need that services. You also need to have um, like your physio, or depending on how severe your disability is, those type of services to make sure your disability isn't out of whack, so to speak. Um, because you don't want to be walking like an old man when you're 25 years old with a walking stick and going, here we go. I think I'm halfway there. <laughs> Uh, how about you, uh, Catherine? What support services do you think uh, they need to be put into place? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. In, in restaurants, in sports clubs, what are we talking about? Um, so, so we're talking. That, that's right. So we're talking about um, the availability of. The I can't pronounce it. Availability. The availabilities of carers or a support person. Like, what services um, do you know that are out there, or what do you believe should be out there? Well, it depends on your needs, really. Yeah. Um, interchange is good for all all needs, whether it's mild or severe, and they like, yeah. But in services, if you do want to go into a service, they should be treating you on what your need level is. For for instance, I, was, I can do so much on my own independently. Like slip, pop, slap, I can do that, no problem. Just tell me, put, put sunscreen on and I'll do it, whatever. Put a hat on, I know that, I know, I know my sun's smart. Anyway. I was in a group with interchange and they tell me, come come here darling, whatever. And then they, and they have gloves on, you know, sunscreen, putting sunscreen on me. I'm like, this is what, what's going on. Taking the independence away. Yeah, taking my independence away. And I just feel, this is wrong. Yeah, and then you got to have that awkward conversation. I can um, understand actually, some I would, people I can't. I love the fact that you're helping, but I can do it. Yeah. They should just... Yeah, I like it, you know. So I like when people just treat me normal, but support the needs and what my needs are, basically. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what needs to happen, and we have some suggestions for you. Then we're back. With, and I'm here with Storm and Catherine. And I'm barely able to speak. Because of <laughs> so, when we before we last left you, we were about to suggest some um, ways in what we think needs to happen. So the first point I have conveniently written here is to provide more opportunities to modernise the services, enabling participation and access of people with disabilities, etc. Increase funding to all sort of premises, which we touched on earlier, or to provide equipment and facilities. Another one is um, the advertising and promotion of accessibility of such services to members of the community. Um, and just even on that, do you guys have um, anything you'd like to add? 
Well, for me, I've got some funny stories about my social life, and I'm sure everyone on the panel has. Uh, when I was at an 18th um, birthday party, uh, I got drunk. Um, and apparently, there's a myth going around that I could actually walk without my crutches. So, <laughs> I'm walking around, and I'm like, oh, what do you do, mate? And all that sort of stuff. And I saw this wall. I'm thinking I'm Spider-Man, so I'm actually trying to climb the wall with a Spider-Man because yeah. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so I love my fan comics and all that sort of stuff. But that's but that's but that's another story. But anyway, the point I was trying to climb the walls and trying to yeah. act like Spider-Man. Well, I mean, I've heard of I've heard of being you know so fidgety that you decided to climb the walls, but you literally tried to. That's right. That's right. So um like so. You, I've actually, because I've actually, it's actually funny. I've actually heard that people with disabilities, when they drink, uh, like when, and I'm talking, and I'm children, I don't recommend that you do this, but when you get absolutely, let's be honest, when you get flaming blind, yes, yep, um, yep. you <laughs> apparently can somewhere in your in your motor function walk straight. And I, I had a mate that I, I don't have contact with anymore, but when he came for my 18th, after a couple of drinks, he swore I was walking better. Then I could sober. That's exactly. So what I've actually said. heard that that is um, that, that 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 is true. Mm. What about you, Catherine? Do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, funny story. New Year's Eve just gone. I was so drunk, <laughs> and I was the culprit. <laughs> I I I went to I went to a party just around the corner for me a friend and friend. Anyway. I'm the one that bought the shots. <laughs> yeah. Got everyone drunk. I can tell this is going all good. Yeah, place. yeah, this is going great. Sweetie, this is Catherine. Not so sweet. This so anymore. they ain't gonna have it anymore. Like, no. <laughs> what? What happened? I got so drunk. I got. <laughs> What's the thing that you remember the most when you got drunk? What was the one thing you remembered? I couldn't hold myself. And I was on the grass, and I just spewed. <laughs> and went over like, I can't get up. And then I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Oh, for most alcoholics, that's a good New Year's. That's a good New Year's. <laughs> that's my really good. That's a 10 out of 10 book. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and like, just... Touching on that, because we were talking about alcohol, I want to go and just touch on this quickly. With um, hangover cures, what did what did you what did you guys do? Because I know for people with a disability, like we have to be re some of us have to be really careful. Like we can't eat or we eat a greasy breakfast or. Uh, well, yeah, the following day, I had a lunch at, at my um, with family, as my uncle was down in Queensland, so that was all right. Anyway, I thought, oh, I can't go, I don't feel well, but I thought, no, nah, I can go. And later, around lunchtime, I just wanted to eat. So I just had like, whatever I want. So it, it was burgers, it was this and that, and I thought, I didn't have a coffee in the morning. So later, I just felt like a coffee, which I don't usually have in the afternoon. Mm, what about you, Storm? Milk. That's the number one cure, milk. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, drink lots of milk. Like hot cold? Because what happens is your stomach line is really, really in bad shape. 
So you've got to fix that stomach line to make sure you don't go yeah, all the time when you're drunk, even yeah. afterwards. Yeah, but do you need it hot or cold? Ah, uh, for me, cold, cold, only cold. Yeah, see for see for me, it was peanut butter toast. Mm. Who did it? And, and what's the theory behind that, Nathan? Just before we wrap up. There's no actual theory, but it's really interesting because I didn't stumble. Like I almost fell over once. But the one thing I have I have learned, and this is great, a great lesson. If you've had a bit of alcohol, play Need for Speed. You will find that's a great, a safe way to test your driving skills without getting on the road and hurting somebody else. <laughs> there I, you I, I hit a, I hit the back of a van that came out of nowhere. But yeah, well, on, on that note, now that we've gotten to the bottom of the bottle of the issue, um, we're going to um, get out of here and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. And yeah, I've been your host, Nathan, and this is Storm and Catherine. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.